Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Velocity of Content. It's Friday, January 13th, 2023. Today, as we do each week, we check in with Publishers Weekly for news from the world of books and publishing. Andrew Albanese, PW Senior Writer, joins me today from New York City. Welcome back to the program, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. Overdrive, a digital distributor of ebooks, audiobooks, and streaming video titles for public libraries, has reported on its performance last year. Yeah, and the numbers look pretty good. I mean, it's a, it's a, these usage stats, I swear it's a new record every year for Overdrive. Um, although I would point out that I think there are some trends in the data that are perhaps not so robust that I've been seeing over the last few years. But as always, I really look forward to Overdrive's annual release of stats. And we've had a couple of releases from Overdrive in recent weeks, starting with Overdrive's overall circulation, which in 2022 surpassed 555 million digital lens worldwide. That is, Overdrive users borrowed some 555 million ebooks, digital audiobooks, digital magazines, comics, and other content. And that's a 10% increase over 2021, which comes on the heels of Overdrive passing half a billion lens for the first time in 2021. And I'm going to assume that most of our users are familiar with Overdrive, uh, but for those who are not too familiar with them, I'll just offer a quick little primer. Overdrive is a leading platform in the digital library space. I think that's an understatement. They are the leading platform by a mile. There are a lot of other services, of course. There's Hoopla and Biblioteca and Baker and Taylor, et cetera, all in the library space. But Overdrive has, well, and I don't want to bring up a negative connotation here, but almost an Amazon-like hold on the library ebook market. Overdrive, of course, pretty much pioneered the library ebook market at the turn of the millennium. Uh, it's a great company, and they manage digital lending for libraries who, of course, have to license digital content from publishers in the digital space rather than uh, buy and own and maintain it like they do for their print collections. Uh, Overdrive also has the award-winning app Libby and also Sora, which offers digital content for schools, which is a huge and growing market. And I'll just quickly say that there are a lot of opinions out there as to whether the library ebook market is as currently constructed as a healthy market. We've talked about that a lot before on this program, and we can circle back to that a little bit later. For now, I'm just going to go back to Overdrive's numbers, which certainly appear pretty healthy. Uh, as I said, 555 million lands in 2022. That's up from 506 million in 2021. That was a 16% increase over 2020. And of course, 2020 was a heck of a year, right? That was the pandemic year, the year the pandemic hit and libraries and schools were forced to close. Overdrive reported 430 million lands in 2020, and that was a 33% increase over the 326 billion lens that it logged in 2019. For good measure, I'll just toss in another year. Uh, 2019 was up 20% over 2018. I should point out too that these figures are all global. Uh, of course, Overdrive now serves more than I think, almost 90,000 libraries, 88,000 libraries, I think, uh, and schools in 109 countries worldwide. And uh, Overdrive keeps getting bigger. Last year, officials uh, from Overdrive say they added more than a million new digital titles to the catalog and 70-something new content partners. So all in all, really healthy numbers from Overdrive this year in terms of its circulations, uh, no question about it. And I think the numbers suggest that the demand for digital content in libraries remains strong 
even if it is, as we expected, cooling off a little from the early days of the pandemic when libraries, of course, were forced to go digital and the digital numbers just went through the roof. Any parts of the Overdrive market report that raise questions for you, Andrew? Yes, I think it's worth pointing out that overall the rate of growth you know, revealed by Overdrive is slowing, and it has been slowing for years now. And like part of that, of course, is simply because Overdrive's market, the digital library market, is maturing, uh, right? So, you know, but I still think that the trend is worth noting that even just for the last four years, for example, like 2019, uh, their circulation growth was 20%. 2020, it was 33%. Uh, that was the pandemic year. 2021 was 16%. 2022 was 10%. You know, in the early days, we were seeing triple-digit growth. I remember reporting on these numbers, and they were you know, gaudy, uh, almost like for Kindle ebook sales in the early days, too. Now, 10% growth in 2022 in circulations, that is nothing to sneeze at. But I'd point out, too, that digital lens are still a drop in the bucket compared to physical library lens. And one thing that really jumped out for me, too, from the 2022 stats that Overdrive released is that ebooks, ebook lending, grew more modestly than other digital content. Uh, according to the release, uh, readers borrowed 331 million ebooks in 2022, or there were 331 million ebook checkouts, I should say, in 2022. And that's a 4% increase over 2021. Uh, digital audio checkouts, on the other hand, jumped 17%. And digital magazine checkouts were up 38%. And I raise all this because it kind of goes back to whether the ebook market is you know, healthy or not, or speaks sort of to the ongoing tension, I think, in the library ebook market as well. As we've discussed on the show many times before, librarians have long complained about high prices and unjustified restrictions uh, from publishers on library ebooks. And I have to tell you, my read on these numbers and the slowing rate of growth is that there is a lot more room from publishers and authors to benefit from digital library lending if some of the major publishers would be a little more, shall we say, accommodating of libraries in their digital lending. Uh, but the prices and terms from the major publishers, I think, rem remain you know, sort of designed less to encourage reading, but to also defend their traditional book sales. And I think therein, of course, lies the tension. Uh, one last thing I'd point out, too, is that Publishers posted record sales at the same time that digital library uh, lending was booming during the pandemic. And now sales are tailing off as library lending is growing at a slower rate. Now, it was the teeth of the pandemic in 2020, so you can't directly correlate higher sales in digital lending. But I think it is certainly worth exploring, especially given this opportunity we have post-pandemic, whether more library-friendly digital lending policies might help keep people reading and buying. Overdrive has also announced a record number of libraries that hit the million checkout mark last year. Yes, so Overdrive also this week reported a record-setting 129 library systems surpassed 1 million digital checkouts in 2022, and that's up from 121 library systems that hit that mark last year. Uh, in a release, Overdrive officials said 10 library systems hit this milestone for the first time in 2022. Uh, meanwhile, the Los Angeles Public Library, which jumped into the top spot on the list this year, uh, became the first library system to surpass 10 million digital circulations uh, via Overdrive in a year. Uh, you can read more. Uh, I've written up the story. It's on the PW website. Uh, you can check out the, the, the list there 
And you can, of course, go to the Overdrive site and see uh, the full list of statistics. Uh, the library systems on this year's list span seven countries uh, from the U.S. and Canada, uh, Singapore, which always has a very robust program, Australia, New Zealand, uh, the U.K., and Germany. But again, the growth rate there is also trending down, right? Ten new libraries joining the Million Checkout Club in 2022. That number was 22 in 2021. Again, the market is maturing, so you would expect that. And there are many reasons why the growth rate might slow. But again, I have to question whether some of the policies pursued by the major publishers might be leaving a lot of money on the table for their authors and their shareholders, and at the same time, uh, needlessly frustrating readers. And Again, I'm just going to go back to this because I think it bears repeating. Here's the thing. We're coming off this pandemic in which we were told, after which, during which, we were told that you know things just could not go back to the way things were before. Yet with the library ebook market, I'm seeing evidence that that's exactly what we're doing, right? Which is we're going back to this needlessly contentious, defensive, litigious, and expensive posture. You know, I don't know what 2023 holds for digital library lending. I mean, it's still January, right? It's early. But I, I do know this. We have a very impactful copyright trial, potentially impactful copyright trial coming out uh, in the Internet Archive case. But I really do believe that if we let the opportunity to really experiment with library lending, digital library lending pass, this opportunity that arose out of the terribleness of a global pandemic, well, I think we may all come to regret it. In our last podcast together, Andrew, you offered your thoughts on how the year ahead might go. This week, PW reported on a letter to authors and agents from Hachette Book Group CEO Michael Peach that touched on much of what we discussed. Yeah, and you can read about uh, Hachette CEO Michael Peach's letter to authors and agents on the PW site. But as you say, he really did touch on you know all of the issues that we sort of spoke about uh, last week on our podcast, and including sales. Importantly, Peach noted that while sales in 2022 were down from 2021, they are, as we discussed last week, still well above where they were before the pandemic. And he expressed hope that, you know, and I'll quote him here, let me pull this up, uh, that the habit of reading and listening to books that many people developed during the pandemic will buoy us all in the years ahead. And I certainly hope there's more than hope being employed to that end here. Uh, but I think we all share uh, that sentiment that we will have jumped forward, that after the pandemic, that we, we saw a lot more reading happening, that we can sustain that growth. Also, as we discussed last week, Peach wrote that while printing schedules have returned to a more normal schedule, inflation remains a key problem with the increased costs of printing and shipping of books sticking around. That's going to be an issue to keep an eye on in 2023. And also inflation in terms of what consumers are able to spend. Meanwhile, I was a little surprised that Peach brought up the Internet Archive case. Peach, of course, is uh, president of the AAP, so I guess I, I shouldn't be so surprised. Um, in, in the letter to agents and authors, he slammed what he called the made-up framework of controlled digital lending, which he called wholesale piracy. And he also brought up you know, the fight against book banning and diversity efforts. And, and one other thing that he brought up in the letter that I think is worth watching is that he noted that last fall, Hachette resumed in-person work with teams in the office two days a week. And we touched upon this last week. I think it's going to be really interesting to see where the publishing industry workplace goes uh, in 2023. The leading name in book sales last year was romance and young adult novelist Colleen Hoover. Your colleague Jim Milliot reported this week on her considerable impact on the trade book business in 2022. 
Yeah, I'll say it's an understatement, I think, to say that Colleen Hoover dominated the bestseller list in 2022. In fact, you know, Hoover had the top three books of the year and six of the top 10. She's like the Beatles in 1964. She's just dominating the charts. Overall, her novel sold a total of 14.3 million print copies. Uh, this to outlets the report to MPD Bookscan. And of the 25 books on the list of, in the, on the PW site right now that we've reported on, eight of them were Colleen Hoover titles. And two of them, uh, It Ends With Us and Verity, sold more than 2 million copies each. So just a couple of quick things about this. One, you know, we should take an insurance policy <laughs> on Colleen Hoover. You know, if you take Colleen Hoover out of the mix, the publishing numbers from last year look a little bit more concerning, though the drop looks a little bit more concerning. But then again, that's almost always the case, right? There's always a few or a single authors that really boost sales, you know, Michelle Obama or Dave Pilkey or J.K. Rowling or E.L. James. Uh, we've seen this before in the past. But one of the things that I wanted to emphasize last week and I just really forgot, and I'll take the chance to do it right now with this story this week, is that last year was a really good year for adult fiction. Uh, you know, as evidenced by the 8.5% annual sales increase posted by the category and the number of books that ranked at the top of the overall bestseller list for 2022. 15 of the top 25 books were adult fiction. And even though half of those were Colleen Hoover, uh, and then there were another five titles that were either juvenile fiction or young adult fiction, right? You know, after years of declining fiction sales, seeing fiction leading the pace, leading the pack here, it's a big deal for the book business. And it's really something to watch for in 2023. You know, fiction, I, I believe this is the key to growth in the book business. And if fiction sales can remain strong, I think it's a harbinger of good things to come for the book business. Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer, thanks for joining me on the program. My pleasure, as always. Coming up on Velocity of Content, the International Publishers Association has a new president, Karini Panza, a children's book publisher based in Sao Paulo, Brazil. A special concern for her and for IPA is accessibility to books for the visually impaired. IPA has a dedicated working group in accessibility that is co-chaired by Ugo Setzer and Laura Brady. So we are helping our members by sharing best practices and supporting initiatives like the Accessible Books Consortium from WIPO. The work also feeds into other initiatives so that Africa Publishing Innovation Fund had an accessibility focus this year, this last year, which has included training on African publishers. IPA welcomes a new president next on CCC's podcast series. That's all for now. Our producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. You can subscribe to this program wherever you go for podcasts, and please follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. You can also find Velocity of Content on YouTube as part of the Copyright Clearance Center channel. I'm Christopher Kinnealy. Thanks for listening.